listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on do not sin any more. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. Welcome. Um, welcome, everyone. Here at Our Lady Shrine, this holy place, it's so uh, wonderful to see all of you. Um, I recognize some faces. Um, how many of you are here for the first time today? A couple of, okay, so for the rest of you, shame on you. <laughs> I said, please come back, but bring somebody. Okay, so we've got to evangelize, right? To bring people to the Lord and bring people to the Lord, our mother, Mary, this is a good place to do that, so uh, you're, you are welcome, but please bring somebody, okay? Even if there's a hitchhiker, just <laughs> bring them here to the Lord, okay? Brothers and sisters, the, the readings are a little intense today, and you'll notice this in the liturgy of the church. It's kind of interesting, um, the daily Mass in particular, but the, in the liturgy of the church here, as we're getting ready to head towards the final stretch of Lent, there is an intensity in the readings, which kind of, you can feel it getting more and more intense. And it's almost as if in the liturgy of the church, we are reliving that time that kind of shows when Jesus gets crucified. Obviously, Lent is all about getting ready for Easter, right? The Good Friday, Easter Sunday. But we can kind of start to feel the, the intensity of the, the tension between Jesus and the religious leaders. They're, they're, they're getting mad at him. In today's gospel, they're, they're trying to trick him, to catch him in a trap. They have this plan to take him down. And uh, Jesus is able to kind of navigate that. And they, they get more and more angry with him until eventually they will orchestrate his murder. And the liturgy of the church in some ways relives that dynamic as we see these stories as things kind of come to a head. Uh, almost, you know, this kind of these two trains on the same track heading for each other. There's, there's going to be um, an explosion here. And um, so in today's gospel in particular, there is this really interesting situation 
where uh, they have the woman caught in adultery, and they're trying to trick Jesus. They're presenting to him this case. If he does this, he's going to get in trouble. If he does that, he's going to get in trouble. So it's a bit of a trick, and the Lord is able to navigate that. I mean, if I was Jesus, I would have said, well, where's the guy? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it takes two to tango. Um, but there's something just uh, very disturbing in this story. And uh, so I want to focus on two details to help us to break open the bread of God's word here today. Um, so the first detail is this note that John notes that Jesus was writing in the ground with his finger. And we're not told, well, what was he writing? We're not told. And so we pray about that. We ponder, like, what, what was Jesus writing in the ground there? And uh, different people, different church fathers and mystics have proposed a few different ideas of what Jesus might have been writing on the ground there. Um, there is a reference to the finger of God writing the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus. So this is the, the Lord God in the flesh, once again, writing. Um, another idea might be that um, Jesus is writing the sins of the men who are standing there condemning her. You imagine, like Padre Pio? You know, we've got the Padre Pio statue over here. Oh, it's covered. Okay. <laughs> but uh, there have been some saints like Padre Pio in history where they had the gift of reading hearts. And you would go to confession to them, and before you could say anything, they would tell you your sins. Or if you, like, left one out, Padre Pio would be like, well, what about that time when... So um, the Lord obviously knows, knows the heart. And one idea is that maybe the Lord was writing the sins of these guys. Like, you know, you remember... It's discreet, but it's there. Like, you did that, and it's, oh, then the guy drops the stone and walks away, you know. And, and you, you know... Like that, and over the pious member. <laughs> um, and so that's one option. You know, they start to, the oldest ones, and then the others drop the stones and walk away. Um, there's another possibility. I think it's in the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17. It makes reference to the people who are rebelling against God will be written into the dirt. And maybe there's some sort of moment of condemnation, you know, that they realize. What the prophet Jeremiah is now happening, he's writing their names into the dirt, you know. So another possibility, and this is a little something deeper, and it's going to take a little moment to, to kind of set up the explanation here. But um, we see in um, the Bible the metaphor that God most uses to describe the relationship that he wants to have with his people is marriage. So marriage becomes a metaphor for the covenant relationship with Yahweh. And this, this is in many different places where the Lord God is the groom and the people, the church, are the bride. And in some of the prophets, there's a moment where it talks about God's people being unfaithful to God. And that infidelity is called adultery. And adultery becomes a metaphor for idolatry. And uh, in those passages in the, the prophets, the, the Lord God says, you know, my bride, you have been unfaithful, but I will always be faithful and I will forgive you. I will bring you back. And maybe there's something of a, a metaphor where this woman stands as a sign of the church. And there's Jesus, God in the flesh, and he's writing something of these prophets in the, in the ground and He's reminding them of this, this tradition in the prophets of the Old Testament that God is the, the groom and he will bring his bride back to himself. St. Paul himself will describe when Jesus dies on the cross, 
that he laid down his life for the church, his bride. So there, there could be a nuance of something there going on, or maybe in the prophet Daniel, there's the story of Susanna, God bless you, who was falsely accused of adultery by two old perverted men, and they try to have her condemned, and then it's found out that they were lying and she's innocent, so maybe something uh, of that moment, Jesus is reminding them as he writes, so there's, some, there's room for some different interpretations here of what Jesus might be writing in the ground here to help us to understand a little deeper of the meaning of this story. And, and ultimately, it, it obviously points to his love, his mercy, his forgiveness. I do not condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. So he's not saying adultery is okay. But I often think of these words when I'm hearing confessions. And, you know, you receive absolution from Jesus through the ministry of the priest. And then the priest says to you, go. Like the end of Mass, go. You know, go forth. We received his mercy and forgiveness. We go forth with joy. And that's what we prayed in the psalm, so beautifully sung for us by Jamie. Thank you. To go forth with joy at being forgiven. And it's not a forgiveness that we deserve or that we earn. It's a forgiveness that is freely offered. And that is beautiful. Um, and then the next detail is um, a question which I, I, I propose for our meditation. And it's the question, where did they get the stones? Where did they get those stones? And in my meditation this morning, I thought, I wonder if they got those stones from their own chest. Because in the prophets, particularly Ezekiel, it talks about a heart of sin is a hardened heart, a heart of stone. And then when the Messiah comes, he will take our stony, sinful, hard hearts out of us to give us hearts of flesh, hearts of love, hearts of mercy. And it's almost like those stones that they want to use to condemn her become a sign of their own hearts. I felt really moved by that image. And then um, it reminds me of the stone that will seal the tomb of Jesus. And we know on Easter we celebrate the resurrection. That stone cannot hold the Lord. Through his death and through his resurrection, he has conquered sin. He has conquered the devil. He has conquered evil. He has conquered death. And the grave, the grave which is sealed with the stone, cannot hold him. He rises victoriously. He has triumphed over these stones, the stones of condemnation. Isn't that beautiful? There's a lot going on here. Tremendous and beautiful what the Lord is saying to us. Um, so let me conclude by noting that uh, with this story, there seems to be a convergence of many teachings of Jesus. Um, we know that in other places he said, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. And in the Our Father, we pray, forgive us as we forgive. And it's almost like the stones become symbolic. Like if the measure that you measure out will be measured back to you, that's one of the most scary passages of the Bible, you know. And it's like if you want to stand here and condemn her, and that's the measure you want to judge her by, well, then you're going to get that same measure to you. And, um, and that's why we need to be just really loving and kind to everybody, <laughs> okay? You know, and I think the Lord 
treats us with such love and tenderness and mercy and kindness. Um, he wants to forgive us more than we want to be forgiven. So great is his love for us. It's so hard to understand that love. And I think the reason why Jesus treats us with such mercy, because he's hoping that we're going to turn around and treat each other that way, right? As you receive his mercy, as you receive his forgiveness, so then you become a conduit, a channel for that mercy and forgiveness to flow to others. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And so the moment that you refuse to forgive others, you're refusing God's forgiveness of yourself. And that is the heart of stone. That is the heart of stone. So brothers and sisters, let us give thanks to the Lord for his love, for his mercy, for his compassion, for his tenderness, for the call that he um, invites us to forgiveness. Um, he invites us to the victory that he has won over sin and death, not by condemning it, but by nailing it to the cross. Amen. Amen. listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans mm-hmm.